Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. During his ministry, Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is the body of Christ. Through his messages, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. We're happy to have Ron Kangas with us on the program again today. Ron, it's nice to have you back. Thanks for asking me back yet another time. Today in our life study, we come to life in resurrection. We saw in our last program that Noah and his family were able to pass through the flood by virtue of the ark. Can you give our listeners a brief review? In giving this review, we would remind our listeners that we are carrying out a life study of the scriptures, emphasizing the experience of Christ as life unfolded in the various portions of the word. So here in the case of the salvation of Noah and his family, we see that the ark is a type of Christ. The eight of them were in Christ, typifying our being in Christ through believing into him. So it is in Christ as the ark that they literally and we in reality are saved. But also, and this may seem somewhat unusual, but it's a fact, they were also saved by the very water that judged that generation. Those waters, according to 1 Peter 3, and the passing of the ark through the waters signify our baptism into Christ. Baptism in this sense, although it does not regenerate us, is used by God to save us from the world condemned by God. So in brief, the picture we have of Noah and his family in the ark is that in Christ and through baptism, we are saved from God's judgment and brought into a new realm, a realm in resurrection. Hence, we may speak in this program of life in resurrection. Thank you for that opening, Ron. Let's join Witness Lee now with today's life study from Genesis. In the last message, we have seen that Noah with his folks all have passed through the water within the ark. As we have seen, passing through the water was a type of the New Testament baptism. After the flood, the ark rested on the mountain. This is also a sign, a type of the resurrection of Christ. What was the month? And what was the date when the ark rested on the mountains of Ararat? The seventh month. What was the date? 17. The 17th. 
Probably many of you do know the Hebrews or the Jews. They have two kinds of calendars. One is called the civil calendar. And the other is called the secret calendar. The secret year is the new one. Started from the first Passover. When God told them to have the Passover in Egypt, God told them that that month had to be counted as the first month of the year. That signifies that Passover in the eyes of God was counted as a new beginning of life. So the seventh civil month by that time was changed to the first secret month. Why I have to point out this? Because remember this. What was the day the Lord Jesus was crucified? Yes, on the day of Passover. That was 14th, right? The Lord Jesus was crucified on the 14th of that month, on the day of Passover. And after how many days he resurrected? Could you believe? That in the Bible, in that earlier time, it tells us the exact date of the resurrection of Christ. Christ resurrected on the 17th day of the first month according to the sacred calendar. And according to the civil calendar on the 17th month, which was the very day the ark rested on the mountains of Ararite. Isn't this wonderful? So the ark rested on the mountain top, signified Christ resurrected from the dead water. And the day was exactly the same. Now, after the resurrection, there was a new living with Noah and the other seven. I must also call attention to this one fact, that all the people there were just eight persons. Eight means what? Resurrection. One week of seven days passed. Now is a new beginning, the eighth day. So if you read John chapter 20, it tells us that on the first day of the week, Christ resurrected from the dead. So eight means resurrection. Now in this new living, the people there were people resurrected people in resurrection. Ron, no doubt uh, we were all impressed that the ark came to rest on the mountain on exactly the same day of the year that the Lord was resurrected. In fact, the whole story of Noah and the ark uh, seems clearly to be a very accurate type of resurrection. But I want to ask you more specifically about the ones in the ark. 
what is the significance of being people that are living in resurrection? Resurrection is indicated by the number eight and also by the narrative in which those who were in the ark and who passed through the waters of judgment by being in the ark were ushered by the ark into a new realm. Their living in this new realm typifies the Christian believer's life in resurrection. Concerning living in resurrection, I would point out three things. First, to live in resurrection is to live not according to our natural, human, created life, but to live according to the divine life in our spirit, the life we received of God the Spirit through our regeneration. The divine life is actually the resurrection life. So to live in resurrection is to live in our spirit and to walk according to the Spirit and thereby to live according to the life of God, which life is resurrection. As a result of such a living, we have what Paul speaks of in Romans 6, a walk in newness of life. In resurrection, everything is new. The second matter is that we are a new creation. The old creation, the original creation, is something produced by God without containing the life of God. The new creation, however, is God's creation mingled with the very life of God itself. This creation is new, and this creation is in resurrection. To be in our natural human life is to be in the old creation. But to be in newness of life by being in the divine life is to be a new creation in Christ. The third matter is that the living of Noah and his family in the realm of resurrection typifies the church life in resurrection. According to the New Testament revelation, the church is God's new man. In this new realm, this new man, everyone and everything is new. So in resurrection, what do we have? We have a new life. We have a new creation. And we have the new man, a new community living, the living in the body of Christ expressed in the church life. All of this and much more is included in a life lived in resurrection. Thank you, Ron. Let's go back to Witness Lee for more of today's life study. After the flood, the eight persons started to have a new living. You know, before the flood, they saw so many things, evil, ungodly. Probably, to some extent, uh, at a certain time, they were also in that. But they were saved, right? And they were separated. And they were resurrected from that situation. And they were ushered into a new living. And this new living was a type of the church life. The first thing they did after they came out of the ark 
What? Worshiping God. Amen. To worship God, Noah built an altar and offered the sacrifices. And we know all these are times. The altar was the cross of Christ. And all the sacrifices were different aspects of Christ. We all have to worship God by offering Christ to him. In other words, we have to worship God by our experience of Christ. We experience Christ as a burnt offering. So we bring him to God. To serve him with God, I tell you, this is the real worship. We all have to learn how to worship God, not by working, not by doing, not by behaving, just by experiencing Christ and bringing him to God. And this is the worship that God accepts. Then, fulfilling God's purpose. In the beginning, God created man in his own image that man may express him. And God committed man with his dominion that man may represent him. But man failed God, so God saved the people through water and bring people into resurrection. In a new age, here God repeated his goal again to the resurrected mankind to go back to the original goal of God. That is to express God and to represent God. We are the resurrected people. We are the people who have been brought back from our fall to the beginning. We were fallen in Adam, but we got back in Christ. And in Christ, we have been brought back right to the beginning. The expressing of God and the representing of God. Now in the church life, we should have the real life to express God. Ron, I thought it was significant that the first thing that Noah did after his resurrection was to build an altar and then to make an offering to God. This is striking, significant, and worthy of very close attention. And Witness Lee pointed out that our offerings to God must be Christ. Experientially, how do we experience Christ as an offering? First, we need to have a proper understanding of what genuine worship is. God cares only for Christ. The worship God desires is a worship in which we experience Christ and then bring Christ to God and share Christ with God for our mutual enjoyment. Here I would first point out that we need to recognize our need for Christ. This began when we were convicted by the Spirit that we were sinners. A sinner realizes he needs a Savior. This Savior is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
He is the reality of the sin offering and the trespass offering. So the more we recognize our need, the more we will turn to Christ and take Christ as our unique offering, the one who solves all our problems with God. This principle applies to all the offerings, such as the burnt offering. If we realize that in ourselves we cannot be for God, we will confess our need for Christ as the one who is for God, then we may experience Christ as our burnt offering. The same is true of the meal offering, the peace offering, the wave offering, the heave offering, and the drink offering. However, the only way to have Christ in experience is through the application of the cross. When we make such an application, we deny ourselves and allow Christ to live in us. Then, in worshiping God, we need to exercise our spirit to be one spirit with the Lord. In John 4, the Lord speaking for the Father said, The Father seeks worshipers who are in spirit, in the regenerated human spirit. When we exercise our spirit, we bring then to God the Christ whom we have experienced. We bring this Christ to God and offer him to God and enjoy him with God. This is most pleasing to God. This is the worship God desires. May the Lord enlighten us so that we will be saved from Christless worship and worship God with the very Christ we know, experience, and enjoy. Amen to that. Let's go back to Witness Lee for our conclusion of today's life study. Now we come to the last. Living under God's covenant. The covenant made by God with Noah and all the living creatures was mainly of one thing. There be no more death but life. No more judgment by the flood. The covenant God made with Noah was so short. Just one-fourth a chapter, the most one-half a chapter. But I tell you, our covenant God made with us is the whole New Testament, 27 book covenant. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the covenant says, now in Christ there's no condemnation Amen. to believe this. The covenant says Christ has abolished death. Do you believe this? The covenant says Christ has destroyed Satan, the mate of death. Do you believe this? After the flood, the eight persons became a covenant people. We all have to realize today in the church life, in Christ's resurrection, we are the covenant people. We do have a covenant. We all have to realize today we are not living under anything, under conviction, under any kind of lie. We are now living Amen. under the covenant. Amen. We are a testament people. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, what is the rainbow? 
The rainbow is simply God's faithfulness. In the beginning of the Bible, you have the rainbow. Hallelujah. To the end of the Bible, you still have the rainbow. God's faithfulness remains forever. God can never deny himself. Once he says, he keeps his word. God is faithful. Faithful in what? Faithful in what he says. Faithful in his word. And his word is there the testament. And his word is there the covenant. The covenant is simply God's word. And God is faithful in what he says. And this is the rainbow. Oh God, you are faithful. I am weak, yes, but you have to make me strong according to your word. We are living under covenant with God's faithfulness at the strong sign that the flood will not come. Verse after verse in the New Testament, we have all the promises. I just give you one verse which I, myself, the Lord curves me to say this, have experienced so much. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. No temptation taking you, but such as is common to men. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Whatever happened to you, there is a verse for every kind of your circumstances. So we all have to learn how to live under God's covenant. There's no more curse. Death is over. Whatever is here should be life. Ron, this final section was full of light, I think, to help us in our experience. We saw the promises of God and how our living can be changed by laying hold of these promises. Uh, But this is a question that comes to my mind. What is the difference between laying hold of these marvelous, wonderful promises from God and just thinking positively? Engaging in positive thinking is actually to trust in ourselves, to rely on ourselves, and to trust what we can do in ourselves. This is really secular and Christless. I agree that we should think in a positive way, but this positive way of thinking should be filled with Christ, focused on Christ, not what we can do by the exercise of our psychological faculty. Laying hold of the promises of God implies at least two things. First, it implies an absolute trust in the faithful God. Second, this implies that we don't trust ourselves. We don't rest upon our ability, upon the strength of our natural life but our full confidence is in the triune God, in his love and in his faithfulness. 
So may the Lord turn us from exercising our natural life to exercising our spirit and exercising our faith, focusing on Christ, trusting in the faithful God, confessing our desperate need for him, and allow him through the Spirit to apply to us all the wonderful promises that are ours in his covenant. In brief, the difference between the two is the difference between living ourselves by ourselves and living Christ by Christ to gain Christ, experience Christ, and worship God with Christ. Thanks again for today's fellowship, Ron. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs consist of excerpts from Witness Lee's spoken ministry, along with our discussion and comments, and all focusing on God's heart's desire that we would enjoy Christ as the divine life for man. There are more than 1,700 programs like this one available online free of charge that you can download, stream live, or add to your podcast subscription. Just visit our website, lsmradio.com. That's lsmradio.com. You can also reach us by email, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.